In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glover's Past from the Glover's Cast. I'm Ben. On the call with us this evening is Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. We take another stroll down at Yeovil Town Memory Lane. On this edition, we're joined by an elite member of the Hewish Park 100 Club. I think I'm right in saying our guest this evening is one of only 21 players who made more than 100 league appearances during the Glover's EFL era. Um, and we are very much delighted to welcome a former captain under Paul Sturrock and someone who made the left-hand side of the pitch his own for three consecutive years in the mid-2010s. Delighted to welcome Ryan Dixon to the Glover's Pass. Ryan, how are you, sir? Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for having me. Um, I think that 100 appearance stat kind of shows, I guess, how much players turn there is turnaround really at Yeovil through. It's not a, a massive figure of players that really go past 100 for Yeovil. Um, but personally, as a club, which I really enjoyed, um, enjoyed my time there. It's obviously a bit challenging, as um, you know, it has been for the Oval for for a fair few years. But um, as a place and community, and generally, just enjoyed playing football for the football club. I was doing a little bit of research, sort of putting together some questions and topics that we want to kind of chat about over the next little bit, actually. And I'd almost forgotten about the little mini loan spell that came first. <laughs> and I kind of, I was going through and I was marrying up the dates and stuff. Take me back, January 2012, you were fairly regular for Southampton in the season before in, in the championship. Um, but in League One, you joined Yeovil for a month, but at a very specific odd time. Do you remember anything about it? Yeah, it's actually, funny enough, if you go back, I, I don't know the actual year, but probably, I think I was probably 18, coming back from a bad back injury at Argyle. Um, and I was on trial um, training with Yeovil for about three weeks then. Roman Lario was um, on loan. So it was okay, yeah. I remember Russell. that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, under Russell Slade. So, um, yeah, then and then obviously I had that loan move after and then another kind of trial spell for um, Gary Johnson when you're in the championship trying to come back. So it seems like, yeah, I've tried signing for Yeovil a fair few times. Um, you, you managed to FU as well. Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, it's, a, it's it's always been quite an attractive club, um, especially at Plymouth because we played a lot of our reserve games against Yeovil because um, I don't think you had entered any reserve league. So you're always in Gary around those times, same as Russell Slade. There was always a lot of turnover of trialists and um, players that needed games at Yeovil. So I always ended up playing quite a few times. It was actually how I got into the first team at Plymouth because Bobby Williamson just took over. I think I was 17 and he come and watched one of the many games for the reserves against Yeovil and yeah, it went well. And then, so yeah, it's, it's um, a club, which I think sometimes you just have a tie or kind of like a, you're drawn to and um, fate, I guess, kind of takes over at times. But um, yeah, with, with, with that one, the loan spell, it was um, Skivo. So obviously at Southampton, I played the year before, but then, 
Um, if I'm honest, that they, they brought in a lot of big hitters. They brought in Dan Fox, three million pounds, um, and I can't really argue. He, he had like I think fourteen assists in like such stupid like ten games when he first joined. So. Yeah, I found myself out of the team and Luke Shaw was just coming through as well. So there, there seemed to be a fair few left backs and Matt Target just behind him. So there was obviously trying to a little bit of a pathway. So yeah, game time started to drop um, and it was a club where the owner was, uh, let's say, politically um, challenging at times. So we had to serve loads of us who weren't playing, had to sit there and wait until we could kind of say you go out on loan somewhere. And it happened around Christmas time. I think Skib will come in and brilliant um we can get some games i was really unfit because i hadn't been playing a lot of football but um yeah i enjoyed terry because i knew him funnily enough through just basically every time we play against yeovil and the first time obviously i come on trial lovely guy um i think it was a couple of training sessions and then gary come in and um yeah obviously yeah things changed a little bit um he stamped his authority on it um done well I think I scored like two and assist in five games and he wanted to extend my loan till the end of the season um but it was one of them where my missus lived close to London lived in um we lived in Winchester and she that's where she worked so and maybe a little bit selfish in hindsight I'm thinking well you're not the biggest of clubs at the time bottom of the league financially you know it's obviously a big gap if you know, things don't work out at Southampton. I have to find a new clubs. So I'm thinking best alternative. And Leighton Orient come in. And at the time they had, you know, financially a bit more money um, in terms of my future. So ex- went there, extended the loan till the end of the season. Um, worst decision I ever made. Um, whereas I think Yeovil suited me in terms of, you know, honest, hardworking um, players, hardworking manager, just a, a real like down to earth culture, humble culture. Um, and go into obviously late in Orient where there was a lot of London. Yeah. And you're going to say big time Charlie's. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a little, yeah, just completely different atmosphere. It was, wasn't based on work rate, um, which was kind of my game. I could run up and down get around a pitch well. And it it suited me just that type of, you know, direct football. Whereas you've, um, Leighton Orient, yeah. I had a guy in front of me, um, Dean Cox, who he was a really good player, um, made a name for himself, a lot of assists, a lot of goals, but transitions was a living nightmare to play with. <laughs> and yeah, I got sent off, I think, twice in nine games there just through frustration of going on overlaps, not getting the ball or just the work ethic wasn't... And it was kind of out of my... I think I only really got sent off maybe once and that was for Yeovil, which um, apart from then, so I wasn't really, you know, prone to getting sent off but I got sent off twice and then that was the ban was ridiculous I think because it was literally I, I come back from suspension first game back got sent off again so I think it was like a nine game ban or something which took me into the next season so yeah hindsight's one of them which ideally should have stayed um and obviously Yovo ended up doing pretty well that you know Gary took over and like I said put you know a humble group um together of hard-working players and Orient done the opposite so yeah yeah, you learn. I mean that that first game, if you remember back to your, your very first game, as you say, t- uh, Skivo had, had stepped aside and Gary had, had come in. I think your first game was Gary's first game back at the club of a four 0 defeat at Sheffield United, which was, uh, I mean that 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 was quite a welcome. Do you, do you remember that one? Yeah, I think it was an eye opener for everybody. I think Gary. Yeah. Of, um realistically knew he wasn't going to get three points in that game. So set it up to be like, right, here's an eye opener. 
leave you exposed kind of, you know, and it, so we can get to know the players early doors and see the strengths and weaknesses um, rather than setting us up as a team. It was basically go man for man, go on then um, type thing. And I think he learned quite a lot. I think the players learned quite a lot. Um, but yeah, obviously it's my first game for a while. I remember having a bad game. Um, I think maybe I created something towards the end of the game, which he was like, bloody only thing you've done all game. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think uh, he, he was stamped as authority coming straight away. Um, and he knew players, you know, you've seen the ones that kind of got pushed out of the club straight away, which weren't his type of player. And he brought in kind of young, hungry runners like he does really. And from then, I think he added, you know, Skiver obviously signed some absolute gems in like the likes of Ailing and Upson and things like that. And then Gary kind of just added to that with your, um, oh God, what, what? how would you, for Dawson, Paddy, I mean, unbelievable finds. For, I mean, to, to add that type of player and turn them into, you know, well-known names. So, yeah, it's um, sometimes in football things just work out. And I think it's just timing, good timing for um, Gary to come in at that moment in time for the football club. And obviously the next few years after that, the success was absolutely, you know, unbelievable um, what they achieved, but just based on hard work, honesty, you know, humble, humble football club. Um, and that's the kind of, I think, which I was from Plymouth at the time where you had Scottish manager, Paul Sturrock and the same, so championship at the time, but my upbringing was, you know, we're small fish in a big league and kind of that humble, hardworking mentality, which, you know, it just ingrained in you. And I think that's kind of what really, um, yeah, kind of endeared me to, to, to Yeovil. When you, when you did join, was there a sense of awareness of what Gary and Skivo had already done, both sort of over the past couple of seasons, but actually over the longer term as well in Gary's first in, in charge was that made fairly sort of did you feel that when you're in that group um I think I didn't as such obviously I was quite a young lad more yeah. coming through I did play I think my first year maybe was like Gary's team and he moved on and then I was playing against like Slade's I think kind of era um but you know when a manager comes in and straight away they're like, I can do what I want here. This is my football club. And you got that feeling straight away. Like he's, yeah, it was like basically God coming back. Um, and he could say and do whatever he liked and kind of you had to buy into that, um, which I didn't mind. It, 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 Gary's very simple in the way, what he wants and what he expects. Um, thinking would be a little bit, well, back then could be a little bit overspoken um, or a little bit yeah over the top in in terms of reactions at times but as a manager and what he expected from you was very basic but very you know honest and that's exactly what it was our hard working honest footballers which um as long as you do what he said and kind of um brat like just were persistent with what he wanted you know, I mean, you got to be persistent day in, day out. This is how we act. This is how, you know, and we grind teams down and we won't be the most fancy of football teams. But um, if I get a bunch of hardworking, honest lads, and the, the the main thing about Yeovil is you're in the middle of nowhere in terms of, you know, cities, I guess. Um, Bristol isn't too far, but you've got to live in Yeovil if you play for Yeovil. And, well, maybe, I mean, I lived at Plymouth and travelled up a bit, but more often than not it gets one hell of a like togetherness same as people down in Plymouth players go down there and that that togetherness if you can get the right characters and right group 
and you become just a, like a little family and you all buy into each other and trust each other it, you know, it, the proof's in the pudding it, it's amazing how far that can take you yeah and and, and you, you'd mentioned already obviously about uh, Orient I think there was a spell at uh, Bradford and then and then Crawley Crawley Town as well and obviously the your ex-teammates Yova went on to do to do wonders did did you follow them when to follow their fortunes from the clubs you were at yeah exactly that I think I kind of knew that it was a hard one and uh, Gary won't believe me at the time I don't think he did at the time but generally when you're young and yeah it was a little bit selfish probably going to Orient but mainly as well being closer to my wife like she was still living up there I was staying in Yeovil I was closer to Plymouth and we're both from Plymouth so she had that bit of jealousy um, and ideally, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I got a feeling that their work ethic, um, and that kind of discipline throughout the team would set them in good stead. And it did that their results changed and it just flipped on its head. And then the following season, obviously then he brought in a bit of experience with a McAllister, um, hater was it up front and yeah. the, the team just looked really strong. Um, but you know, a lot of them were unknown gems at the time and you, you need them you need you need that bit of luck but what, what they all have is a winning mentality like they win like their career if you look through probably now all of their um cvs they'll have promotions that, that they're when people go on about experienced players what are you experienced in like these are experienced in winning like yeah. or are you, are you just experienced in they go oh we signed this place for years experience got 400 league appearances Great, but what's he done? Oh, he survived. Managers keep getting the sack, but he's oh, he's, he's a survivor. Great. I mean, so Gary was good at he, he knows that even if you got your young players, are they have they been in a an environment a winning environment? Have they got that mentality at a young age? And it's that's the main thing in football, and it's really hard to find. But it's I think you know it's a bit of a talent spotting them and kind of bringing them in. And when you do, you know, if you get enough of them, you obviously hit the jackpot. There was, um, I mean, a number of those players who obviously went on to do so well the next season were, were there in, in your short loan space, Ed Upson, Gavin Williams, obviously, uh, Luke Ayling, you've mentioned Joe Edwards. I mean, you, you could could you start to see that coming together even as you were were, were, were heading out? Yeah, so first few training sessions at Ayling. So I know yeah. he's gone. And at the time, I was like, look, there's this kid at Yeovil. He couldn't do better. He, like, he was horrendous at weights. Couldn't do weights, but he technically <laughs> really good character, really yeah. kind of fit, strong, really good ability on the ball. So obviously, I'll just come from Southampton. So playing, I could, I just knew that the ones that you're playing with, their brains were better. And he was one. You could just, I was like, this kid's, I think, is going to go on and do really, really well. I think I remember saying it to Tell. I was like, he'll do really, really well. Um, and it took him a while, I think, to kind of really go on to, to the heights, which obviously he's at now. But you could just see um, Joe Edwards, just the mentality, Gary Johnson, player all over. Not best with amazing talent, but willing workhorse, unbelievable professional, great character, just a natural winner. Um, Done all right for himself since as well. Joe exactly, Edwards. Just through that. Do you know what I mean? Like I watch yeah. him obviously regularly at Plymouth at the moment and he's just hasn't really changed he's getting out he's just such a willing workhorse and you just know that is professionalism in him and that mentality and character is just him um and yeah he's a real leader for Plymouth that's for sure but yeah then you've got obviously Gav Gav's a wild card unbelievable 
unbelievable talent, loved him playing. He played in front of me. So I was left back, obviously, and he was the one in front of me. And again, if I went on the overlap, he would give it to me. And like, you know, like he's just got that footballing brain, which was a bit higher um, defensively. You ain't going to get too much from Gav, but you're standing in the right place. Um, and then you just got to give him the ball. And he was just, but then the main thing, he, again, around the changing room, just a great character, funny as you like. Loved around Yeovil, everyone knew him. And just a, a, honestly, what a, what a special, special lad he was. Like like I said, wild card, you wouldn't know what you're going to get from time to time, but you just look forward to seeing him every day. Um, and at that time, what's the best place to be, Gavin Williams? Be, be with him in front of you, so you can see where he is. That, we've heard a few stories you see in these interviews about Gav's pranks. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it PG, but um, <laughs> oh, a few haven't. Yeah, yeah, he's um, oh, he's top boy, honestly. <laughs> like some of the story when I went there, I just like straight, obviously, just from the environment I come to, to then you know, tell you stories. You know, when he first up like for one, we signed for West Ham. He said from Yeovil to West Ham. And, yeah, yeah. And he turned up. Pardew actually told me this when I signed. He went randomly. I was like, "Yeah, actually, no, Gav." He was like, um, "Turned up in Bermuda shorts, a t-shirt, and flip flops at the <laughs> gate to sign for West Ham." Brilliant. Just like Pardew's, like as you can, he's like prim and proper. He just yeah. But you know, Gav is what he is. In the end, you know, he's a talented boy, and that's just him all over. He just couldn't care less. Um, but yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun for, for, for the month. Like I said, the month I was there, um, you could get that thing. They had uh, Jones, Nathan Jones, obviously, was just yeah. out, of, like, out of retirement, really, um, going into retirement type thing, really. But again, just a great lad, unbelievable professional. Um, and then with that, they just had like kind of younger ones wanting to prove themselves. Like, uh, was it the striker Williams? Yeah, Andy Williams, yeah. Yeah, wanted to prove himself, needed to get himself going, and uh, Beaker and the likes of that. So, um, yeah, you could see they certainly had the nucleus of something which, you know, don't get me wrong, League One, it isn't an easy league. Um, but I think if you've got a good core group like that, you know, and you add to it, you, you certainly got a chance of um, more than competing, which they've done. Let's fast forward. 2015, our paths cross again. I was looking into this. You were um, with Crawley in League One and were, according to Wikipedia at least, given the supporters player of the year. But you left League One and signed for a team uh, a sort of in who just dropped into into League Two. Why why was Yeovil the best option at that time? Um, truthfully, hmm? I was having a baby and I needed to get closer to home. Right. That, that's, um, that's the truth. Um, and I thought Yeovil at that time, obviously, so Sturrock, Sturrock, Gary Johnson, um, obviously the success they had. And then I think you know, the budget was still high because I think he, you know, get us back up again. And they had a little bit. Um, and then obviously the opposite happened. They got relegated, but they got relegated on obviously a half decent budget. Um, so when I'm signing, I'm looking at the squad and thinking there's still some good players there. Like, you know, the club's looking healthy, but in hindsight, they need to get them off the books. Um, or, you know, it's kind of in that transition. Um, but yeah, I, it was one of them where, you know, I know Sturrock, um, he was obviously Plymouth and was going to take me Southampton. When, and so we kind of, you know, he knew what I was all about. Um, and like, it's funny, really, it's Terry. I was off way on holiday, got on my way. So I went, Dicko, and he was like, yeah, you're right. He was like, um, Fancy, he said, we've spoke to your agent. He said, fancy coming to Yeovil? He says, um, we've got relegated, but, you know, half decent. Things are turning around, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, like, 
I just had a baby. Crawley was, I had to get the, done well for the fans. They liked me. I played basically needed a hernia up, had a hernia up, but it was done with a knife and fork. So I was just playing games. My body was like coming out with pus and um, they pretty much gave me player of the season just through like that mentality of just kind of a willing hard worker um, and done okay for them. But it, you could see that the club was the owner there was like regulations basically. So the owner had to run the club in a certain way and couldn't. So you could see that the club was going to start not, for, not basically overachieving, which Crawley, what Crawley was doing. Um, and then, yeah, Yeovil gave me the security at this time. I had a lot of, of I won't go into it, but a bad back injury, which basically hampered my career through all my injuries. Uh, like, so Towards the end, it was where I can get the most years and that security type thing with being close to home. Um, so it was either stay at Crawley, move up north to, to be fair, some you know, big club, bits and better clubs. But I just wanted to be, you know, I was coming towards the end of my career type thing. And I wanted to be somewhere where I could be part of something and be happy and settle and kind of start setting up kind of roots back home in Plymouth and my missus, we had to be close to family with a baby. Do you know what I mean? It's not easy raising a young baby. Um, and it was just the right time. It'd be fair, you've offered me a good deal. Sturrock kind of went down to Liscard, met him down there, and uh he's had like he's got this shed or a pool table, and um he was like, hey, Dick, oh, he had a strong Scottish accent. He's like, uh, we're gonna be good, and he showed me his, the team, and I'm thinking, don't know how good we're gonna be here. Um yeah, yeah, I knew a few of them. I was kind of like, he offered me like a free year, and I was like, well, can I have a one year and then maybe two my option? And to be fair, he said, yeah, make your captain. Um, and I knew Ben Tozer, he's bringing Ben Tozer, I knew from my way, and I know he's a good player. And I was like, right, brilliant. I knew Kev Dawson was there, so I knew that Simon, although I know he's out there, uh, Gillette, who I knew, but he might have been out of the door. Um, Soccer Lick, and th there was a, still a fair few, which I was like, okay. Um, not too bad, but then the ones that you know you're bringing in, he's like, oh, bringing in this kid from he was showing me this video off YouTube from Rangers. I can't remember his name. Um, he didn't play a lot. Antonio yeah. German? Nope. Uh -huh. Um, from Rangers, it was Jay. Oh, I was Queens Park Rangers. Yeah, no, no, no Glasgow Rangers. Rangers in Scotland. Um. Yeah. Oh, this, is, this, this is a quiz question. Eh? I know, I we need a quiz question for this. Yeah. I am. Mixed race lad. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, come to me a minute. young lad made no professional appearances, but was fast at the age of 15. And anyway, he had like a basic metal plates put in his ankle. It's a way off it. Like, and, but they're just going off like a recommendation. The kid was going to come. And I kind of just thought, you know, some of the lads that we were there. Yeah, as you will do, you find gems um, for the area and then develop them, which, you know, the club's renowned for. But if there's too many of them, it becomes hard work. Um, and it just seemed like they're, you know, in the squad, what I was looking at, you know, there wasn't enough of a core nucleus. Obviously, well, um, not Dawson, Matty Dolan brought him in, yeah. very great lad. Um, so, so we had a fair few, but we just lacked, I think, a Scottish, big Scottish striker. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, what was it? Ja uh, Jamie Burrows. Jamie Burrows. Jamie Burrows yeah. was so he was one, and the other one, the big Scottish old school. Was, was Mark Beck. Beck, was it? Mark Beck, yeah. Mark Beck. So we just lacked a bit of quality um, in, in terms of the whole squad, which could be a bit frustrating. But anyway, 
But yeah, you know what? I'll commit to it. You know, it's I knew Skiffle and I knew obviously Darren and I knew the football club and it, it's a place which I like. I like being and it. Obviously, I could, what we'd do is I'd travel up with um, Sturrock uh, Mondays and then we'd stay up a couple few nights through the week and travel back. Obviously, after the game. Um, and funny how I obviously ended up living with him. So it was me, Scott Laird, and Paul Sturrock. And yeah, it was um, an interesting time to say the least. You know, he was coming obviously towards the end of his kind of career and um, was getting obviously a bit older and illness and things. And yeah, brilliant manager at Plymouth for like through, you know, and that respect for him. But, you know, it probably took on a little bit more than what he was probably capable of at that moment in time and it, it was tough times um so yeah challenging we won't win in we didn't even look any good I mean I, I needed a hernia up when I signed it was like gaffer I need a hernia he was like don't worry about that everyone plays for I'm thinking I can't play through this but all right so we had a stake assigned and kind of got through the medical and then um was just in pain and he was playing me left mid because he remind, remembered me when I was younger, obviously under him as a left midfielder, not a left back. Obviously, I, I pretty much more my career as a left back than a left midfielder, um, especially at that age. So I remember playing left midfield thinking, God, we haven't got the ball. I mean, this is just painful. I'm expecting to be a wide, fast winger. It's I can get up and down from left back, but it's a bit different, you know, in terms of a left midfield player. Um, so yeah, it just didn't go too well. And then obviously Daz straight away was like, go and get your up, got my up, played left back. And be fair to Darren at that moment in time. Um, he knew the better ones. That, so we kept the core, real strong core. And then he added, and one thing he was very good at is bringing in, again, Yeovil were good at it over time anyway. I think Tao was brilliant at it. Like we talk about Ailing and his loan players. And he brought in Connor Roberts, an unbelievable find. Obviously Shepard, uh, Sheehan, um, Cornick. What a find that was. Um and all of a sudden, and then he brought in a couple that were half decent as well, like Goodship and Tavon Campbell. Which, I mean, you're paying them next to nothing. He's just got absolute young gems, really. And, you know, we're 4 5 1, athletic, well organized, nothing special. Um, tactically, there was not too much detail. It was just that what Yoga was about for me is, you know, hardworking, honest, know your roles, um, togetherness, loved, loved, you know, everyone loved Darren at that moment in time. Um, and it, you know, it was asked the Syrian players, what, what do you think about this? And we were just, we just felt like a team and it felt like how you should. And I think, I don't know what we ended up, might've been just outside the playoffs in the end, but when he took over, I think we were in the relegation zone. So it, yeah, yeah, certainly a turnaround. We were adrift by a distance. Yeah. We survived, um, didn't we? That one, I think. Yeah. Yes. I think it ended up lower mid table in the end, but like we were so far clear. Yeah, issue which was such a turn. It was playoff form, is what it was. Definitely. Yeah, and he really and we were going into games, and I was like, one 0 we're winning this. Bentoza, middle of the pitch, just and uh, Walsh, Joe, what that was the, oh, the Liam Walsh. Yeah. Wow, what a player, what yeah. a player. So he turned up, and obviously he might have been seventy. I don't know what his age was at the time, but he looked about twelve. Yeah, and I was thinking, oh my god, what is going on here? This twelve-year-old's just signed from Everton. Anyway. It's like he's like look look after him. Do you know what I mean? He's away from home. He's a young lad, and I'm thinking, all right, like so we're all looking after him and stuff. First training session, I'm thinking, play this kid don't need any looking after. I'd let him do what yeah. he wants. Um, yeah. Unbelievable talent, really, really gifted. Like 
way beyond his years on the pitch in terms of quality really added to what we needed because we had we likes of Tozer and we were solid and then he would just add another dimension on the pitch and you look at him and teams would look at him and think oh you're a little kid and then he was aggressive he would outrun him outwork him technically unbelievable yeah real real talent um so with ending that season I'm really optimistic um had a, a kind of an offer to go to Yeovil, um, Yeovil, Exeter, um, which being Plymouth, if I'm honest, Tisdale was a pull um, because at that moment in time, great manager. Mm. Um, bit strange, but obviously really, really good. Um, and yeah, hindsight, should have I gone and play? I don't know. You're always going to have put some maybes for your life, but um, decided to stay. And yeah, the following season, you know, Dad's like, players this I'm signing this player and I'm thinking oh you sign this player we're looking good I think it's like Guion Edwards who I played with at Crawley very good and these names again and I'm thinking all right we add to these we're, we're up we're, we're in that we're, we're looking good um so then yeah extended another two years really happy turn up pre-season and it was like a kids car boot sale players had gone we probably only had about seven or six players me smudge uh Krizianek was all right um Matt Dolan, I think Kev was still there, Dawson, but literally about seven. And then all of a sudden, just all these trialists, and I'm thinking, you're young as well. And I'm thinking, I knew a couple, like a couple, um, like Bevis Mugabe, and who, who turned out to be a decent player for Yeovil. Um, but I'm looking, I'm thinking, you know, this ain't where we should be. Do you know what I mean? What's going on here? Like, it's obviously just doing what Yeovil does, get them in, then towards the end of the season, assign the proper players because their bargains ain't getting other clubs but yeah it was kind of like yeah the best way of putting it. it was yeah like you just scrapping for kind of lost property or car boot players like what's left of the leftovers and um I remember honestly crying thinking what have I done here like oh, my career's towards the end I, I want to win something and I was just thinking this ain't going to go the way kind of I want it to go um, through the season and what I was kind of led to believe was going to kind of progress for Yeovil with the names. And to be fair, it's not so much Darren's fault. It's, you know, you, you get told one thing and then your budget's your budget. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I said, it was a knock-on effect, I guess, of balancing the books from, you know, the fall from grace type thing. And one thing he, he made a mistake is he's just been honest, honest with the fans. I know ultimately it's then you're going to get the back raft from the owners but fans want to know look the budget ain't great this is where we are and then everybody knows but when you're saying oh we're going to get promoted and everything's positive and that the, there's a difference between positivity and not naivety and it was massively bordering on naivety and fans ain't stupid they kind of know and you get fed up of hearing the same rubbish um but yeah it's um it got to that point um going into that season which it was tough and you kind of then look and you think mm. like I said earlier you, you want players in your team that have had CVs where they've been around winning that, that you know you know around then anyway the players in the league ones that kind of become available and this that and the other um, rather than say it's spoiled under 23 players that have you know been released from Southampton or wherever it might be who don't have the right culture right mentality to really graft and win results in you know they turn up in bloody fairy ugg boots or whatever and you think you're on 200 pound a week but I mean like what are you doing who do you think you are playing for you and that's kind of 
the balance of where the club was. You kind of then want to do your own job and, you know, as captain and a senior player, you've you got your own job, but then you also got a responsibility to look after these kids and teach them the right way and try and mould them into what's needed. And it's okay when there's one, two, three, when there's, you're looking at seven, eights, and there's more of them than what there are you, it then becomes really tough. And that was kind of, I guess, the the hardest part of that season. I mean, I think the season before everything's right, gets ripped apart or, you know, only needed. I think Ben Tozer, you could let go of Ben Tozerville. But mm. me, come on, like, it's nothing flat. Like, Ben's not flat. Well, he's gone on to pr prove how, how good he's been. Um, you know, you need those type of players, players that in those leagues know how to win games and reliable. And, you know, th that recruitment side of it kind of was really where then, you know, the downfall, I guess, happened. But you got to pick, pick yourself up, be part of it, you know, state like that. That is one thing with Darren, very positive, amazingly positive. And it's needed at times because it does become very, um, the weight's on you. You know I mean? You earn your money at Yeovil, kind of, especially as a, a senior player, you know, you're living with the lads. I was going to say kids, then they are kids. You're living with the kids. You've got to look after them. You've got, they've got to become your friends. Then you've, you, you, you've got to win games of football. You've got to lead. You've got to kind of then manage speak to the manager and you know you really do earn your money and it's kind of especially in that period you know on a few of us it was tough yeah, it was tough there's no doubt about that but ultimately we managed to stay in the league for you know those by the time I was there those three seasons which was huge for Yeovil it just needed a little bit more investment at the time. That is no doubt about that and kind of get that you know senior players there was only ever three or four senior players. I think we'd look at you. Sorry, I'm just over talking here. No, I love it. No, carry, carry on. on. Yeah, this yeah, is beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Crack on. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at like kind of, it might have been the following. I mean, that's was it that season. There was one season anyway. We got to the semi final of the EFL Cup. Um, yeah. And, you know, that was a big success. But then you're playing a Shrewsbury at the time who are just a monster. They're playing unbelievable football and absolutely smashed us, to be honest. I don't think we lost by a high score, but oh, they were, no. yeah, they're superior. Yeah. Um, but then and I think we went into so the Bradford, if we go, or go on another season, because um, it was much of the same, really, both seasons kind of very similar seasons. Um, and you go into Bradford. So we're playing Bradford. And at that time, I think lone players were going back and kind of, and oh, was it the Bradford game? I think we'll go in. So on the Friday, I think it was a Bradford game. On the Friday, we only got nine players. And I'm like going, Daz, what is going on? We can't feel the team here. He's like, yeah, but don't let it out. Like, this player's gone back. We're going to get him in. Just three players. I think it was the lad from Middlesbrough. I don't, he's now at Wickham. I think good midfielder. Can't remember the name. Really bad with it. Um, so Lewis Wing? Lewis, Lewis Wing. Wing. Lewis yeah. Wing, brilliant. Could run around. Yeovil player. Um, Hardworking, honest, kind of non-leaguey background, but a talented boy. Um, just an honest, great lad. And then there was another one, Bird, as well, who come in at that time. And yeah, we just basically beat Bradford and then the same again. That was FA Cup, wasn't it? Was that Marcus Barnes we had then as well? The lad came in from Southampton. Yeah, that's it. So we oh, all these players in. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like we're just, hi, how are you? Come and play in the FA Cup. Brilliant. Yeah. And put a team together and you ended up winning and, um, then obviously against United, I think we were short. And was it Fisher who come in and played that game? Made his debut. Right, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's just, I, I love it. It's brilliant, to be honest. Like you tell stories now, and at the time, like it's hard work and you're grafting, and you're like, this is a shambles. But you look back on it, it's bloody brilliant. Like, only <laughs> could just like, do you know what I mean? And it was just that kind of like, just honest kind of, you know, football club. Um, which at times, like, like you can't fault the owners at that time. I think, uh, what, are their, what are their names? Norman Haywood and John Fry. Yeah, so John yeah. Fry, John, obviously Haywood was the, the, the main main boy. And the Fry, man, yeah. Yeah, Fry was the, the kind of man in front of him. But um, yeah, there was times which, yeah, I probably over talk here, but yeah, disappointed, do you know what I mean? Because I think we're calling an FA Cup run here. Like, And Daz just said, look, Dick will keep me in this league, I'll give you another year. Yeah. Um, which had done and added to be fair done well in that Man United game and I thought right go on then off from it and I thought ah you bugger Sykes not right here and yeah at the end of the season she just said look probably you know finally I thought yeah alright fine Um, and the club kind of you know the following year it, it, it's just it is hard you can't blame managers because it, he's got an hard job honestly it wasn't an easy job for him he got chucked into it you know probably still on his B licence whatever it might be in terms of that but it's, you know, a club which him and Skibble, it, it's so close to their hearts and they gave it everything they can. And especially Tell, like, bloody hell, there should be a statue of Tell there. Fucking what yeah. Is, what oh, we're, we're, we're petitioning for one, I think, yeah. Why he's give up football club, honestly. Um, like I say, about going above above and beyond what you've got to do with Yovo. He, he, there's loads of stories, you know what I mean? Ain't for me to say, but he, one day he'll come on and tell you all sorts. We keep asking him to. We keep yeah, asking Yeah, we do. Uh, he's we still, when he's done, when he's done, he'll talk to you all. Um, yeah. But yeah, he'll, he'll tell you some stories about but, that, I'm sure. But yeah, there's one summation of, of your entire time there. We've got a couple of sort of pinpoints i was going through and looking through a different do you mind just got a couple of different games and moments and players that really sort of stand out from your time dave do you want to crack yeah. on with the I, I was i was gonna ask you you mentioned um a, a while back about connor roberts now he's obviously gone on to have a wonderful career premier league player wales international and and you know, obviously playing in the defense for you there no one had ever heard of him when he came from from swansea i mean was he someone that you immediately thought this lad's a bit special well, we played Swansea in pre-season under 21s okay. um, and Shepard played and Shepard I knew was good. Um, and then I think Hedges and whatever else they had. Um, and he actually had a bad game, Connor, because like, he was obviously down my side. He kept giving the ball away. And then he turned up and I thought, all right, great. But, um, straight away, he, he was, me and him got on like a house on fire. Like the age difference was obviously there, but we're very similar. And I could see my characteristics in him and the way he played and kind of um, his mentality. And we, we just got on really, really well. And um, still speak to him a little bit now. He, it's a willingness he could run. He could run up and down fit, strong. Never cool. injured, was he? Never injured, never missed a game, never got booked. Nothing. That was the difference between me and him. I was always injured, he wasn't. Um, physically just outstanding. Um Needed to work on his crossing at the time. His crossing lacked, but he'd always get into the positions. And I remember if I was crossing on the left, he'd be in the box. I'm like, and then he would just be back. He's just like, loved it. And his attitude was quality. He'd always foam row and his mentality. And like I said, at that moment in time, um, we had a nucleus of something which got added to. You go, you go again and you're fine. Um, but obviously that wasn't quite the case. There yeah. was an FA Cup run in that first year as well. Do you remember that strange 
tie against Carlisle. We played them away at Blackpool because their pitch wasn't ready and Blackpool was literally a beach. And then there was basically, it wasn't a replay, it was a Royal Rumble, the replay <laughs> down at Hewish Park. What do you what do you remember of that one? It's the one where it went to Pens. They go to Pens. Yeah, went to Pens. Yeah. I've got a question about we'll that. We'll get to your penalty, don't worry. I'm going to ask you about the penalties in a minute, so don't do the penalties <laughs> yet, So I'm going to ask a question. But it was feisty. Do you remember Jabo Ibire cleaning Krijak out? Yeah. yeah. So Jabo is big friendly chant, played with him, Good, really good friends with him, loveliest guy you'll ever meet. <laughs> and at the time, it was Matty Dolan that was him as well. And I remember Matty saying someone saying stuff, and I think he went for somebody. And it's one of them Julie Bullard moments where we've done right. Yeah, and like it was absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, I remember the whole game. The whole game was just like brilliant. It was frozen pitch and everything, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. went down, Dave. You remember? We did. I, I've never. We're, we're both that, northern yeah. based. I'm Leeds, yeah. and he's in Preston area. Wow. We both went down because if we'd have won it. It was Everton in the next round, and we wanted yeah. a ticket. And you had to have a <laughs> ticket from the previous round to get the ticket for Everton. So we thought, stuff it, we're on, the, we're going, we're off down. We went there and back in one night. It's the stupidest thing we've ever done. I don't, honestly, yeah. The um, it's funny because what you think you say at Everton. My dad's a massive Everton fan, so we got, <laughs> and then obviously we drew them. It might have been the following season. And I had a bad ankle, always had a bad ankle, and I would just play through my injuries. And I was like, well, I can play in this and then miss league games, and obviously we needed to win league games. Or I can play in the league games. I think we played Mansfield. I come off after 10 minutes, couldn't run. I needed to rest it. So I rested it that week. My dad was like, could you not have just played the Everton game and rested the league? So league games, I was like, bread and butter, Dad, unfortunately. So my question about the penalties from that game was, if you recall, we missed an 89th-minute penalty to go through. Francois Zoko took that penalty. Obviously, the game then goes to a shootout. You score the first penalty of the shootout. Why weren't you taking the one in the 89th minute, right? <laughs> Do you know what? Matty, I always let Matty take a pen. So early yeah. on, I think my debut, well, not been my debut, but we played Exeter right at the start of Sturrock's era and a bit of skill, won a penalty. And always just, just don't know, Matty's just technically good, wasn't he? like on the halfway line obviously can't be that bad um so i just used to let him and then yeah i never felt comfortable with soaks take no offense to no. well, i'm never comfortable with soaks taking penalties just want a natural ball striker at all um but he was comfortable he wanted to do it and yeah it's one of those things um but when it comes to shootouts always wanted to be the first one mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah hard as i could down the middle and well if it went down the middle great but um yeah, I never missed a pen until in the FA Cup against Sully Ho. Been out injured for a while away at Sully Ho. I was knackered on my knees. I went the extra time and then pens. And as I'm walking up to take the first one, their players walk past me because he's just took his and he's gone, you're shattered. You're absolutely shattered. You ain't scoring. And I actually thought, fucking hell, I don't think I can reach. He's right. And then just, I think the ball went back to you, but it just flew out. And I was just like, ah, like just play it safe. Play it down the middle. You're knackered. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then funnily enough, I never got the chance to take a penalty again after that. <laughs> that was the last one. Uh, there's a, there's an, uh, another player who, who probably won't feature in too many Oval fans' uh, uh, memories, but we want to ask you about him. Ollie Bassett. Do you remember him? He's gone on to have an amazing career in Canada, winning and New Zealand, I think, winning all kinds of kinds of awards. But I remember at the time, he uh, everyone thought that he was going to be a, a, a superstar. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you remember anything about him at all? Yeah. Um, yeah. when that historic era right at the end 
um, the youth team coach was from Plymouth Dave and I was like, oh, just put this kid in, you're losing yeah. or whatever. And I think it was a wet crawly and look, technically a tidy kid, but he was, yeah. again, his body was very, he couldn't get out of kid. Yeah. yeah um, and it was a big ask for him and English football, like he's playing at a decent level and he's doing well out in Canada, but the standard is, you know, you're probably, if you're going to be honest, it's probably the level Yeovil and Torquay are playing now. It's uh, not a high level of football at all, but they get decent crowds and a decent following and, you know, the coverage and stuff is very good because they're trying to get the league up and running. But no, good player. Technically, it was suiting up there. Could get the game slower, less physicality. Um, and now he's grown into a man. You know, I guess he's kind of, getting around the pitch a little bit better and his technical ability and brain takes over. But you could tell when he played and, and I think father side, he was good. Mm. Obviously Darren and Tao took over and, you know, they were he was never going to kind of get a look in, in, in a, you know, the team at that moment in time. We talked a little bit about the, the sheer number of players that were sort of coming and going and trialists and, and sort of bit parts and loans and stuff. You were captain. How, how difficult is it to captain a changing room with a revolving door? Hard, especially because you're learning. Well, I was captain at Crawley as well towards the end. So I say, but Crawley, again, we had all experienced players like Dean Leacock, Isaac McLeod, Darren Ward, like Wadsworth. It was all men. Um, then you talk, you know, you kind of, you're just putting out fires all the time. You adapt your game to it as well. And it, it yeah, it's tough, um, but that was the role and kind of responsibility you had. And, you know, the older ones, you know, it, that was just the oval at that time and it is hard because you, you're looking you it's hard you're still playing professional football you've got to look after your own game and kind of not make mistakes yourself but at the same time you're getting frustrated and you you know you know that things aren't right and you, you speak to and then there's another one and so there was just too many people learning their trade and if you look at the team it was ridiculous you, you got like I don't know what it was, but loads of them making their debuts and kind of learning their trade. And, you know, you want to win, like, you ain't going to win. As nice as they could have been unbelievable players, really, but it's still a massive ask for even young Premier League players to, to hit the ground running. Um, so it was just, yeah, you were nicest way pissing against the wind at times. It was really, really tough. Um, but it was my job to kind of, and I, I was, I'm aggressive a little bit and, you know, I've got a temper. There's no doubt about that. And Daz, you know, didn't quite like at times if I dug him out. But I, the way I look at it is if they don't perform, we lose our job. That's the way it was. And I had, we had to get them to a certain level. And he might have thought at times it put a bit of a downer or, you know, lowered the mood at times. But we just lost games of football. I wasn't used to losing it. I didn't want to lose games of football. It wasn't really within my career before then. Um, and I didn't like it. And, you know, they needed to have that mentality. I got brought up that way. They need to toughen up. And at that era, it was changing a little bit. A lot of these lads come, like I said, from 23. They're soft and kind of naughty cuddled. And so I don't care less. You're going to get me the sack here. You're going to get Darren the sack and I get the sack with it or whatever. But And that's kind of where me and, I guess, Darren kind of not butted heads, but had a, you know, a little bit of different kind of views on things is the fact that I didn't see them as... You know, I couldn't care less if you, you know, well, it's Khan, you bent one in the top corner now and again, you're costing us results. And ultimately, you know, we'll win one nil from a set play. That gets us results, that wins us leagues. And um, that has to be right. You have to have that right mentality. You're playing for Yeovil, not the name on the back. And yeah, that 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 was what I found tough, if I'm honest. Mm. 
if, if we go to what obviously was your, your, your last season, that 17-18 season, that first game uh, away at Luton was obviously uh, a, a dark one. I think you, you were captain, you were you were involved in the sort of decision to reimburse fans who, who travelled to that one, I think. Um, did, did Do you remember about that game? Was Did that a bit of an eye-opener? Yeah, we played them obviously, and it was always tough. Like yeah. you can't open, you can't. And Darren's very, you know, enthusiastic. We got, do we have hedges? Oh, I don't know. We might have had a front three, which you know. Yeah, I've got, I've got Zoko, uh, Khan, Otis Khan, and um, uh, Olafella Olamola up front okay. that, that day. Yeah. So to start with playing that, and then obviously a back four, but you know, high wing backs if you like. Yeah, too expansive against the team that play a diamond and are on seven grand a week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that these are again experienced, high earning, proper, talented footballers um, with a strong core. And we're basically a car with our doors open, playing away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in the nicest way, it's only you know we got a kid. I think Nath played centre half. Nath wanted a natural centre half. He was obviously left back playing centre half. Love Nath to bits. Great attitude. Brilliant lad. Yeovil through and through. Um, hard working. Um, but you know was what he was type thing. Um, and then alongside him, there was a kid making his debut, Welsh lad. Keston Davis. Yeah. Yeah, I was under 21 at uh, Swansea. Yeah, and then the right back, I think, was making his debut. Um, he had a, like, a, he might have played a few times for you, uh, for Swansea. Um, so, Daniel Alfie, yeah. Yeah, and you've oh, got, to, you, right. you've got to deal with Vassell and Hayter yeah. and the other one. I can't remember, even remember the other one, but they had three. Oh, Collins, James Collins, when he scored that day, yeah. Yeah, um, well, that's some squad. I'm just looking at it now. That is a ridiculous squad. Marek Steck was in there. Sheehan, yeah. crikey. The yeah. Leeds, Ollie and um, Elliot. Yeah. yeah, so all they've done is say, go on then, have the ball, and we're expansive, and they just go bosh, right to their, you know, direct, straight to their, their front line, and, you know, what, you just, they're just bullying you, they're straight in on go. And it's, to be fair, second half, he went to, changed it to a three, so we got an extra body, obviously, covering five, and, I think we scored a couple and it looked a little bit better. I'm but... just looking. We got the opener. We were 1-0 up. Yeah, 1-0 up after always. seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think Otis might have missed a pen. I, might have... I don't know if I got that right. I'm just uh, looking. We did, we, we did win more corners. So, who's uh, yeah. the real winner here? <laughs> that might have been second winner? half. Yeah, I remember anyway, second half, we had, we checked and we put, we put them under a little bit of pressure. But it's one of those things, I guess, as I know, you're, you're finding, you know, he's got to put a squad together again. It's new faces. And you're going away to a team which are, you know, obviously a, a giant and um, it's brave. Certainly the way we went and played is certainly brave. But at the same time, you're also exposing young lads to kind of demoralise them a little bit. And that's kind of what happened. Um, without wishing to chop and change too much, um, there's one match I do really want to talk about because it's one that Yeovil fans still really talk about to this day. And you, you touched on Harry Cornick and Liam Walsh when they came in. But that comeback at Barnet, couple of games before the end of first season, maybe second season. People still talk about that as one of the great away days. And Cornick obviously scored the winner late on. In a season, in a, in a spell where there weren't many runs of form, it mm. was those little moments that kept cropping up. What do you remember of that? Exactly that. So I think, like I said, that we were just building a bit of momentum. We're giving everything, absolutely everything. Everyone's like body on the line to win results. And as you know, in league football, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday is tough. I think uh, Cooper complained recently that you played Saturday, Monday. Like, how long has he been in football for? Oh, it's part of the game, mate. Like, 
<laughs> come on. Like, it is a lot of games and it is hard to prepare, but that's your job. And at that moment in time, we're actually a lot of us on, on like starting to feel it. And because we're, you know, it was coming towards the end. Or, or if it went, I don't know what period of the season it was. Second last game, I think. Yeah, it was right at the end. Yeah. So we're literally on our knees. And, yeah. um, but as a group, I think Shepard, Shepard's a good player as well, like Sheps. And we, we, we started to have a little bit. And look, they're young lads. So I think the, the big, Guy, I can fend off. I can fend. I can fend Oh, Akendi, John Akendi, wasn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. He would have a hundred. Oh, I don't know, but he would have scored a couple, just direct bully, maybe yeah. and yeah. score type thing. Um, but then we had pace, power, and a bit of quality, you know, on the counter and towards the end of the game, and it was exciting. I think I'll come off. I was on my knees. I think I'll come off injured. Um, you came off for Cornick, who got the winner. There you go. Good sub. Great decision. <laughs> but, yeah, and I remember I was actually on the bench looking at, obviously, our boys go and celebrate with the fans. I thought, oh, I wish I was on that pitch. Yeah. Um, those moments, honestly, there's nothing better for away fans because they travel all that way. Um, and I've done it like at Brentford towards the end like when we got promoted up. And they're just amazing times. And it had that feel to it, like when the fans just go absolutely mad, all the players are going mad and it means so much. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, th- those moments in football don't come around very often but when they do you know that they mean a lot more and hence why you guys can remember things like that is just you know what i mean it's because i guess that's why people support football and why we play it yeah does, does that make it more frustrating in a way because there are those moments there are that those times that you think well if we could just replicate this for a prolonged period even if it was for six games suddenly you're so far further up the division so far you you your momentum picks up does that make your time even more frustrating that there were moments there were goals people players things yeah but i think that's when a squad comes in and a foot you know what i mean and it, like i said that moment we had a good 11 but then if you look at then the ones that were and that's where we always fell short whereas if you now go to when gary won the promotions You'll have eleven, and you'll have a fair, you know, three or four that can come on, or he brings in good loans. Whereas, you know, when your budget is what it is, it, it becomes you lose two players, which, and honestly, those two players, when you've got that core group, or just say you've got nine, and there's two that keep getting rotated in and out, so that's your team. But you can win games, and it, it feels structured and solid, and you can you really, and that's how we felt towards the end of that season. Um, but it needed then adding just three or four and it looks completely different rather than getting rid of three or four, five and, you know, your budget gets, don't know, chopped in half, whatever it might be. And it's, yeah, that's football. Unfortunately, that's business. And, um, you know, it's out of fans' hands and it's out of the players' hands, but it's just as frustrating as the players. But at that moment, you can't say a word. Do you know what I mean? You're a player in it and you hear all the rough and you're thinking, you really you just want to say, look, Bloody shoot, like we need players. And you, I, th- I think fans could see that, but it was hard at that moment in time for Yeovil because you just have the height of where you had been and, you know, probably a slightly new fan base coming in as well with young players kind of because of what it bought and um, they weren't used to, you know, seeing anything else. And yeah, that that then negativity kind of creeps in because you aren't winning games or, you know, isn't as attractive style of football. Um but yeah, like I said, it's kind of football and recruitment. And once you get it right, 
uh, like you can't blame everything on recruitment but honestly in football if you bring in the right players and you've got a core which you've experienced anyway you know fans when you've got it right you know those characters and those people even speaking to them you can tell the difference between you know when you speak to them before they come in or you know things like this you know the ones which yeah and the ones that you're kind of like oh like that yeah it's a character and you know you sign people rather than footballers i think to, to win things yeah just before we move on, I just want to say that uh, that that Barnet game that you talk about, you've mentioned Liam Walsh already. That pass for Harry Cornick to run through and score the winner, that I, I could watch that all day. It was some some pass, some player. He was Liam Walsh, brilliant. Pops up, um, yeah. Like obviously pops up on uh, my Twitter feed sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, again, Harry as well was learning his trade yeah. at that time, but on his heart, again, character. Like, yeah. he was only a young boy, but a funny young boy. Um, and then you go on Liam, so Liam Walsh, Cambridge. I don't know whether it was one of his first games. I don't know if you remember this. He got sent off, and we had played the whole game away at Cambridge. It was tough with one less player. Um, and I got sent off, I think, for punching or kicking or something, which, like, you look at him and you think... You ain't got to hit him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did like that was, and that's ultimately, I think, what makes players there's that aggression, that hunger, that desire. Sometimes, obviously, it can be mismanaged at times. But yeah, you know, we never said a word to the kids. I thought, to be honest, you know, you haven't got sent off for saying rubbish. Like you look at him, you think, fair play, go on then. Like yeah. <laughs> exactly, didn't think you had it in you, lad. Yeah, yeah, didn't think you had it in you. Well, like. <laughs> Brilliant, like type thing, and um, they had it in training. He would leave one on, you know, or, like just do something reckless. And same as Connor, because they just wanted to win so much, and you don't mind it because you know they're talented and they're good lads. It's not like um, you know it, 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 they're bad people and they they just want to win, and that's why they've gone on to obviously do so well. And like I said, Yeovil's built quite uh, a lot of its success on some amazing, good young loan signings, and them two will certainly be up there. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, an, another game I want to talk to you about is that Man United um, FA Cup game that you touched on already, 20, 2018, I think it was. I mean, they look at looking at the lineup that they put out, you've got Anna Herrera, Alexis Sanchez. I think Sanchez's debut for them, wasn't it? I mean, had you, had you played in, in, in those kind of FA Cup games? You must have played in a few in your, your career, wouldn't you? What was, how did that one compare? Yeah, playing Man United for Southampton. Come on. Oh, did you? Right. Oh, God, it's not a good story. Um, oh, right. Yeah, so um, I was obviously starting at the time, a few league games, and I got dropped for that game. And I think I got man of the match the week before. Looking at it now, I'm expecting, I understand why. You're playing at home against Man United. Dan uh, Harden played ahead of me, different type of player, like arm oh, obviously up and down. He's a steady Eddie, reliable, can keep a football well. So, look right decision in terms of but at the time I'm thinking I've got a chance to play against Man United here live on telly at the time it was like Rooney Fergie manager like unbelievable um, anyway I think it was about 60 minutes I got brought on in midfield um, gave the ball away they scored and honestly a lot of literally put gigs in on goal and I just wanted the ground to swallow me up but that was my mentality I think I had a little bit of a sulk wasn't happy and probably didn't have the right mindset going into that game um, and then obviously for Yeovil kind of got the second chance at it really and um, yeah, yeah I mean I've got the game still recorded and it, it like it, like I said young side or I think Tom James was a good really good player both for it he kind of made the mistake for the first goal and you know 
it is what it is. He's a young kid with talent. He's going to make you know plenty more mistakes in football. There's no doubt about that. And I had been there, so I kind of knew how he was feeling. The ground was swallowing up cameras in his face. There was a lot of cameras as well because Sanchez's first game, yeah. like God, cameras from all sorts, like all sorts of parts of the world, like China. There's just there's just loads and loads of cameras um, filming the game. Um, yeah, so I felt for him and the game, you know, that, that's what we didn't want because the longer we went on, the longer we stay in the game, you know, the better chance you kind of have. And but because we conceded kind of early, and um, I think to be honest, I went on to kind of personally have a pretty good game. And I think, um, here's one what was his name, Jordan? Don't he was Jordan white, good player, bad yeah. attitude, waste of talent, very, very good player. Um, could have gone on to have a good career in. I like playing with him. Good football brain. Worked hard. Both footed. Um, rapid as well, wasn't he? Rapid. Never had a very good game against Man United that day. Um, and just never fulfilled his potential. But you know, a, a team full of young lads, and once you go one down, then two, and you know, it ended up four. But you know, it, it. I was ready for it because I knew what to expect. I'd kind of, if you like, played. You know, when I was at Southampton with players of that calibre, um, so I, I wasn't too bothered but I also knew what it was like playing against them when you were young and you know it, it's a big occasion and um, you know the boys done well I mean the scoreline we really wanted to be respectable four's not too bad I guess but they scored in- two le- really late on didn't they Lukaku came on didn't they and, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah and they Rashford I think come on Lingard they're these- yeah. they like to be fair fair play to Mourinho showing the respect and kind of bought his boys and yeah um, it's just a great experience. The boys are down it. Um, but again, like digging out the football club, but you know, we kind of just got to a big and a financially a huge game for, for the owners, massive game, which they needed. And you're thinking, well, right, can I have some tickets for my family to come and watch? You know what I mean? It's like, no, we've got to pay. And you're just like, well, what is going on here? Come on. Like, and that th- these things are just what kind of, you know. Let, let let the club down a little bit at times. And, but again, it's not footballing decisions. That's kind of the, 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 running, the running of the football club. Yeah, and those that, that side of it, at times I really lost my patience. And I think then Darren lost his patience with me losing my patience. And it's kind of, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, but you look back on it and, oh God, my memories are young. I loved it there. That's why I stayed for so long, if I'm honest. Um, enjoyed my time. Hard work, like I said, you earn your money. But just the community turning up I just weirdly I guess not weirdly for you guys who support them but just had a real good connection and really enjoyed it and really wanted to do well for the football club but it just you know I mean nearly nearly do you know what I mean nearly all the time and it's a bit frustrating are you a are you a shirt swapper souvenir keeper that kind of thing for those big games yeah I've got who'd you, who'd you get who'd you get who'd you get uh, obviously, sure, because it's Southampton. I knew him, so I got his uh, Rashford's, and then previous. I think I've got Giggs. Uh, I've got Harry Kane's, Barclays, uh, and then I've got players I played with like Oxley, Chamberlain, Lalana, uh, Jose Fonte. Uh, That's um, quite a collection. Not a bad five aside team, is it? To be honest, it's not bad. It's not bad. So I've got yeah, I've got a few ready to put up in in the garage, I guess. Yeah. That that summer, you, you've mentioned it already, that's when your time at Hewish Park came to an end. I was doing a little research and one of the local uh, newspaper articles said that yourself, Nathan Smith and Arthur Krijak were all allowed to move on and he made no bones about it. It was a budgetary decision. He said he had no choice but to make some some decisions. Is that how you saw it? Were, were, were there discussions about staying on? 
No, look, yeah, around Christmas time before the end, before my form picked up um, around that time. And it, he said, look, keep me in this league, keep us up and I'll give you another year. Those were his words. It was never, and obviously it never happened. Um, that's what made me angry. Look, business is business and football's football. And if I'm honest, now looking at it, look, I probably could have done another year. Was it right for me? Um, probably not. Um, it probably was right for me to to kind of move on. Um especially because I think he knew budget wasn't going to get increased. Um, it didn't, I don't think it got cut, but then he just replaced like for like. So he replaced me with Dick Dickinson. Um, and then, you know, Smudge would have got replaced and the goalkeeper, like it is what it is. He's got a budget. He needs to freshen it up and he's got to spend money where he can to kind of do those things. And, um, Look, that's football. There's no loyalty kind of in it, but I, I look, I, I speak to him now. I've got no problem with, at the time I did, but now looking back on it, he's got a job to do and he's got to do what's right. And ultimately, it wasn't right because he got relegated. So, yeah. And after that, you went on to uh, to Torquay, obviously, and got him uh, promoted out of uh, National League South. I mean, asking for a friend, how do you get promoted out of National League South? <laughs> Um, look, there's no secret in getting promoted. It is literally... All right, write this down, Ben. I've got it. I'm, <laughs> ready. I'm ready to go. It, look, it's kind of what we touched on regarding, you know, promotion with Gary. It's characters, leaders. You need talent. You need, But those talented boys need a winning mentality and need a winning upbringing. And um, again, got he got a bit lucky, Gary, in the fact that ours brought in... Ours had a really good recruitment, but a really bad one. So... Half of his teams, he brought in good experience. Obviously, Asa Hall was used to winning me. Um, and he brought in some young players, Carl Cameron at Newcastle. Oh. Uh, ben Winter, he brought his signings were good, good. Like he made, but then he made some absolutely horrendous ones, which it's hard because you've got a budget and you kind of. So there was half a new guest. Gary come in, realized that. And at that time, Lee was obviously manager of Bristol. And we got a couple of, a few very good up-and-coming Bristol players, Connor, Lemon, Hay, Evans, uh, Jake. Uh, then we had Reedy. So this is Gary down to a nutshell. How many strikers have you seen him turn good when they're terrible strikers? Um, so Williams, when I played with him, at we talked about him earlier, I can't remember his first, Andy Williams. Yeah. When I was at Yeovil, he was horrendous. Gary then turned him into this goal-scoring machine. Um, Paddy, and Paddy Madden couldn't get a game at Carlisle, came down, set the world alight for us. For yeah, so he just simplifies the game and kind of, he done it with Jamie Reid. Jamie Reid was the most hated player you'll ever see at, at Torquay. They used to spit, scream, like, they, I've never seen someone, I, I honestly felt sorry for him when I was there. Like, I've not seen anyone be that harshly treated, especially coming from the area in my life. Gary, oh my God, and all of a sudden the guy was, he turned him into a God and he's then the most loved person you'll ever see at Torquay and he's like God, it's just, but that's what Gary does, he gets the best out of his strikers, Um, so I think you need to do that, but you need young, hungry strikers and we had that, we had Reedy, we had, uh, so he got rid of Brett Williams who's like a, I know he kind of scored goals older, but yeah, um, probably had a couple of good seasons when he was younger, but wasn't quite, you could see he wasn't quite going to get yeah, your goals in that league dynamic enough. And Saku, they brought in this young lad from, again, Bristol, and these two scored all the goals. And then you had Colin Heavens, who, who would add to it, and then Asa Hall, experience from set plays. Um, and yeah, we just had a real dynamic, hard-working, Gary-looking team, energetic, which the team don't look like now. Um, yeah, it was just that. 
that you know it's football budgets again and kind of timing of the signings can you get the recruitment right that you want to and it, I think it's important you get the dressing room right and we had that like and that was it it was just kind of um a winning mentality a, a fun environment no big time players at all um and yeah just honest hard working kind of enjoyment simple football um, and then momentum kind of takes you through it. And yeah, it, and obviously they went then on to have quite a successful next couple of years with those young players. And similar to the over era, I mean, those young players then get to where they probably should be sitting in the pyramid and you start to realise that, whoa, you had, you had some good young players and that's vital. It was at Torquay you made the transition sort of away from playing properly and, and working with the academy setup. It, it's not missed for us that we're both at the same level. It's two massive football clubs for a division that is regionalised, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, Torquay, like I said, you, it's a conference really level football football club, um, and they're unfortunate to be in the league they're in. Um, through again running of the business budget whatever you might want to call it but they are and Yeovil is probably you know a lot bigger football club than Torquay if we're honest um and you headline we've got the headline got the headline we're going to click that out <laughs> oh, no, I don't think it's yeah it's not <laughs> no obviously uh, this, they're, they're, they're going to be um they should be competitors they're going to be you know the top two and they should be rivals there's no doubt about that but Ultimately, you know, Yeovil, you know, they've obviously got a new owner who's looks really enthusiastic and wants to do everything right and investing in the football club and passionate about it and kind of, you know, this now should be for Yeovil in the next couple of years, whatever, you know, to, to, to start growing again. Um, not 100% sure talk here in that same situation. Um but they've got a good manager, good group. I think, if I'm honest, the group of players um, on paper, in terms of characters, and are better than Yeovil. Um, I think Yeovil's straight uh, squad needs strengthening in terms of winners. I don't think you've got any, you haven't got enough experienced winners in that team. Whereas Torquay have got your Moxies, your Acer Hawes, who who are experienced in winning. Um, realistically, Yeovil don't have a lot of experience in winning. Um, they've got survivors. Um, and he's that. leveling it up now, isn't he? Now he said you're over at the bigger club. He's yeah, leveling he's it up now. He's well, <laughs> that up as well for the Torquay fans. Yeah, the size of the club, the size of the club don't play that doesn't play the game, and that's true. Kind yeah. Of, um, yeah, I, you know, you got. I think the club's in the right place. I know, obviously, assistant manager's a great guy, Toddy. Your manager's got experience, um, but you can see the frustration still in probably his team. Um, what what he's got available to him, and that there's certainly a few needed still to add for you to, you know, no matter what level you're at, you need the right people. And I don't think that you overall for the size of the football club, because it's hard playing for a big club. You you need winners, and they have to it has to be natural to them, not just talented players or experienced players. What you experienced in again, oh, oh relegation and surviving, oh, great. What's that going to do? Um, so, you know, that's where the, he's going to need to add whether they're hungry, young, tank, they were going to go on to have good careers or he brings in, you know, experienced players and winning. There's certainly a few players that need adding for Yeovil. That's my opinion. Um, and then Torquay are probably, again, in a different boat, I would have thought. But 
could do with you know a little bit of strengthening as well because the league look you know who you're playing against it's hard you got to win games of football um and you're there to be shot up week in week out don't get me wrong you've seen it some of the standard of football is yeah it's not great um and you're playing against teams which you should be beating if you get it right easily which we've done at Torquay it ended up being you know you're beating team seven in the end because you just got got it right um and yeah, I've seen, you know, Yeovil, I think, pre-season play against Plymouth Parkway because I live right next door. Um, yeah, and I think there's still work, let's say, to be done to to get that squad to, which you got a whole season. Like I said, I think this moment in time when we were at Torquay, we were still at Gary Hours when Gary might have just took over. We're bottom, bottom half or bottom four or something and Gary took over. So it's one of them, you, you put the wins together, the momentum kicks in, but you do need the right 11, the right 12, 13 to kind of do that as a squad, not just people that are kind of there saying the right things, but not doing the right things. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, look, you're all optimistic at the moment, but, you know, few games kind of, you're still not, but Tokyo are in the same situation. One of them, I've got to get it right and I've got to start getting that consistency and that formula right to, to roll forward. Um, but at the moment, they're probably both not at that level. This Tokyo scraping results and Yovo are kind of, yeah, kind of doing the same, really, and not consistent in their performances. So um, you'll always get another one. So and obviously, they're all part time teams. You'll get South, uh, St. Albans. They'll be, I said before the start of the season, they'll be strong because they've got a decent manager and good catchment area. Um, and like your likes of Chelmsford and things like that, that there'd be one or two which just get the form kind of formula right for the way they want to play and they pick up results and they're hard to beat. And um, but if I'm honest, at the moment, they're all 100, like 100 mile an hour, the teams you're playing against, they want to beat you. They're coming to Hewish Park, it's their cup final and it's everybody's day out. Wait until Christmas comes and kind of then they're getting on the bus and they're like, I've got work. And then the games start to kind of become a bit easier, if I'm honest. Uh, I don't know about you, Ben. This has all got a bit real for me, but uh, yeah, a bit too much reality. Let's get back to, to memory lane again. I, I like memory lane, but um, <laughs> so so right, we're we're coming to the end of this now. I promise you. But we're saying uh, you 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 play more league games for Yeovil than than any other club, I think, in, in your career. And Ben mentioned at the at the top there, you're in the top top twenty for all time EFL appearances at the club. How would you sum up what that time? For Yeovil meant to you in in your career, yeah, special. I think. Look, I had a, I say a mixed career. I had a, you know, I'm proud of my career. It went well, and you know, but I think Brentford. I, I made over a hundred for Brentford, and then Yeovil was my next one. And like I said, I would have. I was actually really angry. I remember. I shouldn't mention this. Um, Nah, like I got real. I would. I didn't. I wasn't ready to leave the football club. Um, I felt like I gave everything, and you become really attached um, to the club and the people and the fans. And yeah, it means a lot to me. And it, it's a football club. I love, I've always looked since I've left after the result straight away. And I've always, you know, I'll look at the social media, what managers are saying, and this, that, and the other, because it's close to your heart. Like you said, I, I played a big part in kind of. And I know Yeovil's look, it's had a very good history, Yeovil, some unbelievable times, um, and not so long ago. Um, but I'm proud if I, you know, I've had promotions and keeping Yeovil in the league um at that moment in time was a big achievement for myself. Um yeah, it isn't one which 
you know, it is going to be put up in lights, but I think, you know, fans now looking at it realise that it was a tough time that the, the club was in and the players that were there really did graft to have to keep you in that league. And, you know, it's, again, it's that trust and, you know, we had a like with Mies Oaks and, you know, the players who we really grafted for Darren really to keep him in a job and to keep the club where it was. And then, you know, hindsight, it, it, grass isn't always greener. You bring new people in and they just don't take to you. And, you know, before you know it, they're back to wherever they're from type thing. But I kind of seen Yeovil was my area. I know it's, you know, an hour and a half away, but it, it was kind of a local team to me and one which I grew up kind of being close to the whole of my, my career kind of growing up at Plymouth. You've kind of, you've kind of touched on our, our final point, really, because we, we always end these chats with just a bit of an open floor to the guests to say a few words to Yeovil fans. And I think they'll have learned through this chat that actually in what was overall and uh, for want of a better word, underwhelming few years of 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th finishes, whatever it was, you were someone who was desperately fighting for the good of, of it all. So we always like to end by saying, is there anything you'd like to say to Yeovil Town fans about your time with the club? No, just the, the fact that at that time it was tough. There's no doubt about that, but also amazingly endurable. It was a community football club, which is fun. Like I said, um, enjoy speaking to people and there's re- the, the fans are really close. It's always the same fans and you, you get to know people and they become your friends and, you know, you miss seeing their faces and talking to them about something that at that time you're really passionate about because you love the football club, you play for it and they have that same passion and, um but that's football. It moves on and you kind of got to get on with your life and um, time passes by. But yeah, I think it's one of them which at that moment, it's hard for some fans to see how hard people, because you're losing games of football. You know what I mean? Um, nobody likes losing games of football. No one likes seeing losing games of football. And some of the football was bloody terrible. There's no doubt about that. Um, but... Ultimately, it kept them in the EFL, which was one hell of a job, honestly, to do. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I think now you've kind of got an owner, which, like I said, is one of you. I mean, for instance, here we go, is one. So for Torquay, I played against, uh, yeah, we played Yeovil. So it's on their training ground. And um, this is way before he took over the football club. He turned up Aston Martin. Turned up and Aston Martin, this guy. And I was like, oh, nice car. And at the time, I didn't know who he was. Looking at it now, I was like, bloody hell. What is he doing watching Yeovil College under-18s team play Torquay under-18s and he doesn't even own the football club? I mean, that's kind of, I think, you know, uh, in as much as people might not, you know, might not be everyone's cup of tea, I think, you know, his loyalties are certainly with Yeovil. And I think that's just what Yeovil need at this moment in time. They don't need another business muppet who's just there to run it. as They need a fan. And I think every fan needs a fan running their club with money. And I think you've got that. Like Another that. business muppet. I'm going to, oh. I'm going to write that one down. I'll put that on Scott Priestman's Wikipedia, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that wraps us up, Ryan. Thank you so much for taking us down memory lane. It is fantastic to speak to somebody who talks so passionately about the football club, even at a time which actually some of us look back on and think, well, it maybe wasn't the best. So thank you so much for spending an hour and a bit with us and 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 taking us back down memory lane. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you, Ryan. Bye, 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 bye. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal.
Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trump. Goal! 